0: Welcome, everyone, back to the BroCast. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24/7 Sports Network. I almost screwed up the name. Um, and I'm coming to you not with Tracy Pearson this week, but with new bro contributor Chris Osgood. Chris, how's it going? Hey, good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to great to have you um, as. I'm sure many people out there, um, I've also really, really enjoyed your contributions to the site. Um, if, if anyone out there hasn't read what Chris has written, um, it, it has actual real value, unlike, for example, anything I write. Um, if you read what Chris writes, it's clear that he knows what he's talking about, um, breaking down plays and schemes and... You know, kind of being predictive about um, what Chip Kelly's trying to do with various things, what he's trying to set up, um, and it speaks to uh, real actual knowledge about all this stuff. So I guess the first thing I want to ask you, Chris, is what's your background How, how, do, you, how do you know stuff
1: so i've got I've got no football credentials at all. I'm just a guy with a spreadsheet so've the only thing I've really got going for me is I'll look at every play maybe three or four extra times or an extra 30 seconds before I move on. I'll rewind it a few times. Um, everything else just picked up from um, reading books and podcasts and high school. I do do a lot of high school coaching podcasts this summer. So I've been kind of getting into that mentality a lot too. Wow.
0: So basically what you're saying is you have a real, like a real tolerance for boredom. Uh, yeah, I guess you could. that's fair. I yeah, we'll think about that one. Yeah. <laughs> well that's that's pretty great. Um, so when we were um, I, I think so watching the Cincinnati game live, um, I think a lot of people were just kind of blown away by what they were seeing offensively, especially after the first two series that worked so well um, and then to see the offense kind of, Not fall apart, but clearly not executed well by Dorian Thompson-Robinson. And then when you were kind of going through things um, and in your stories this week, it became obvious that they were trying to do maybe some different stuff that they weren't trying to do at the end of last year. Can you walk us through kind of what those things were and what you saw when you watched the game over and over again?
1: Yeah, so we had some kind of um, different perspectives on what was going on. We had heard that maybe the playbook was constrained and I, that's not really what I saw. Um, we saw a lot of different personnel usage. Um, and uh, the, the personnel usage wasn't, it didn't seem to be in the service of different looks to do the same thing. It was different looks to do different things. So they were trying out a lot of different plays they, they didn't use last year. Um, and, uh, and some really exotic personnel, like 14 personnel, which is one running back, four tight ends and no receivers. It, I, I'd never heard of anybody actually using that kind of personnel before. Um, Another new personnel this week was 20 personnel, which is two running backs and no tight ends and then three wide receivers. And I've seen that before. but UCLA hadn't used it under Chip Kelly last year at all. Um, So they were doing um, just new and different things that that weren't used last year. And so they they were – yeah, that first possession was really cool because it was kind of – they were doing all the shifts like crazy and doing mixing it up with personnel. And it actually took me a really long time to log that first series because there was so much to go back and go, well, this is different, this is different, this is different. Um, And then it was was kind of exciting, and then the the fumble happened, and then it went kind of downhill from there.
0: And so when I was watching it, when a lot of people were watching it, obviously a lot of the blame got pinned on Dorian Thompson-Robinson for the fumbles, also just for not necessarily executing the passes particularly well when you were watching it over again, did it look like that was the only point of inefficiency out there? Or were there guys, was, was there any, because they're trying to do so much com, you know, complex shifts and motions and all that kind of stuff, were there other things you were seeing with the way the tight ends were moving or that they didn't quite know what they were executing? Or was it all pretty seamless outside of the quarterback?
1: So I, I had a real hard time with what the shifts were accomplishing or what they were hoping to accomplish. Uh, the, the Cincinnati defense was just kind of looking at all the shifts and going, uh-huh, okay, we're going to move a tackle one foot to the left. Okay, we're good. You can go now. <laughs> and and uh, uh, so it, it to me, it had the look of needless complexity that didn't really have an upside. Uh, maybe there's some really smart coaching stuff that I just didn't pick up on. Um, the other thing that was going on was there was lots of tackle over throughout the game. That's where they moved the the um, one tackle to the tight end spot and put a tight end at, at the tackle spot and overload one side. They used that a lot last year to do um, like hard uh, sweeps, really outside runs, and they didn't do they didn't use that formation for for those wide runs this this week. They used it just kind of to do regular stuff, and um, it seemed to me like they were just trying to get it on film to say, "Oh, well, hey, we're gonna we're just gonna do normal stuff with this um, formation. Don't worry about what we were doing last year." It seemed like it was just trying to get stuff on film for future opponents, which I guess is a is a strategy if you're gonna win, but. If you're holding stuff back, um, I guess we'll probably get into that whole debate later. Yeah,
0: yeah, and so, uh, yeah, I guess first I want to talk a little bit more about the beginning of last year because you started on your play logging project, I think, pretty much at the beginning of last year, more or less, um, and you were analyzing it, and I remember reading your analyses every week, um, kind of just breaking down what the plays were. Um, it seemed like they were trying out different and new kind of emphasis emphases um every week for a while there and then maybe it kind of simplified a little bit by the end of the season D- did this look analogous to kind of the different stuff they were throwing out there at the beginning of last season like does it look um like he's treating this part of the season in the same way he treated the first part of last year and i don't even mean like non-conference versus conference games but does it seem like kind of the same thing
1: it just at the beginning of last year So the the general shape of last year was they did open up the conference schedule or the non-conference schedule, I should say, and and the first week of conference with kind of a lot of different things going on. And then it was that fifth game against Washington last year when things really settled down schematically and they just kind of kept to a core personnel group and a core set of plays and then maybe like a flavor of the week kind of exotic play. And then it stayed that way the middle of the season and then it was it was the usc games and the stanford games weeks 11 and 12 um and even a little bit against oregon where things got that was the ninth game of the season where things got uh, a little bit more throwing everything on you know on the field at the same time um or in the same game so it was kind of a little curve where it started complex last year and then settled down and then once they got kind of the the scheme together and the experience in the scheme they started building everything back up again. And so I was really hoping that we would see, okay, so we, we pick, finished off last year with kind of some complexity again, or at least using multiple different looks and combinations in a, in a single game. And then so I was really hoping we'd see that to start this year. And uh, it was just a whole different grab bag of things. Uh, so they haven't really built on that core competency they developed last year.
0: What did you find to be the core competency last year? I I
1: remember for just kind
0: of not pure layman, but watching the game over a couple of times um, each game um, that what I guess is being called the meerkat, but the check with me, you know, sideline check stuff seemed to be very successful for a time. Um, I think it was maybe the Stanford game where it really didn't have a ton of success. Um, But that seemed to be a big thing they were building in more and more as the season went on. Um, but what kind of formations did you see, or personnel groups were the most prevalent, the most uh, you know beneficial for them?
1: Well, so uh, you know the foundation's inside zone, and um, it, the the they didn't really do a whole lot of outside zone last year. When they were into the outside, they would do gap plays, so they'd have pulling linemen. And what they changed every week was who was doing that pulling, um, and then they also mixed in uh, you know sweep handoffs to wide receivers and um, did a little bit of screenplay but um, it was really just establishing that inside zone we, I think we all talked about that a lot that they're just really hammering that inside zone and then just changing um, just little things to at the right time to make it work right
0: and so in this past game um, it, it really didn't seem like they were doing much of that um, much of, well they certainly didn't do any of the sideline checks but did it look like they were going to that core offense that seemed to work very well at all last year? Did that Was that
1: present at all from what you saw? Um, so they they did a weird, uh, to me, felt like a little bit of a shortcut. They were using the, the threat of a conventional outside zone play uh, and, and doing things other than outside zone to try to take advantage of the threat of the outside zone, but they didn't establish it. Um, so it seemed really odd to me that they were kind of expecting the legend of the Chip Kelly outside zone to be a concern for the defense. Um, so they would, they would do um, a, a sweep one way going against the outside zone going the other way or a, a play action pass off of it. But it, it didn't really, the defense wasn't really concerned about the outside zone so much, or they would change the scheme of um, the, the run that they would have the running back lead block for the wide receiver, getting the ball and, where the outside line was going the other way and the the fact that the running back was leading to the to the play side away from the offensive lineman was it, it just drew all the linebackers right away so there was kind of puzzling things they were doing um maybe it looked really good on the chalkboard
0: yeah yeah and that's yeah you, you imagine you you play act a lot of these things out it is interesting to me though as well that you know you have something that worked so successfully last year especially at the end of that season and then you more or less go away from it um, to start the year. Uh, because I think you and I, I know from our kind of preseason guesses and all that kind of stuff, we were both expecting them to build on what they did at the end of last year, but this seems like it is very much um, not back to the drawing board, but like they're just trying to add a, a huge number of new ingredients to you know what was
1: already working pretty well. Yeah, yeah, I like those old ingredients we had. We can we like new ingredients, but we want to see it added to and not just replaced, I guess.
0: Yeah, like you know, salt, it's a little boring, but it's a good ingredient. You know, you add a paprika, paprika's pretty good, but you don't want to have too much. You know? And I think <laughs> I'm that's, more of a cilantro. Yeah, cilantro will get you going. Yeah, that's, yeah that's, good. that's pretty good. Um are you you're not one of those guys whose cilantro tastes like soap, right? Have you heard no, that whole thing?
1: I don't know what that's about.
0: Yeah, it's like uh, some people, they've got some sort of uh, genetic issue where um, cilantro just tastes like soap to them. They can't eat cilantro. That sounds horrible. Yeah, it's, it's a tough life. Um, okay, so Cincinnati, um, we didn't see a lot. So I guess that does lead to the question, which is, you know, Tracy obviously reported that he was hearing that, you know, as far as such things go, Chip Kelly you know, prioritizes conference games over non-conference games. And that certainly jives with what I saw, um, where it did look like they were experimenting with a lot of new stuff. Um, it did kind of, it, it mirrored last year to the extent that they were experimenting with a bunch of stuff at the beginning of the year um, that didn't end up looking a whole lot like the offense we saw towards the end of the year. Was, it, was that your sense of it? Do you think that was, you know, him kind of treating this as, you know, workshop, uh, workshop game?
1: Yeah, I think that's definitely a possibility. Uh, def- we need to see the next few games and kind of the whole season to really understand that. Looking backwards, um, but uh, th- there was kind of this one new gap play they used. I called it a wide dart or tackle power. They they didn't they didn't bring it in until the fourth quarter when things were getting kind of tight and they. They never, they never used a flavor of the week gap play so late in a game last year. It was always introduced early and revisited and changed up throughout the game. And so it, that was an example to me of something they they didn't really want to use in that game. And they were trying to hold back. And then as things got tense in the fourth quarter, they, they, they broke it out.
0: Yeah, my, I guess my, my sense of the psychology of it, the whole thing, was I think Chip probably thought they were going to be good enough to just more or less handle Cincinnati doing some new things um, without having to either go to the well again with all the stuff that they did last year or, you know, break out something really new and different that he's trying to do. I think he maybe overestimated what they were going to look like, maybe overestimated what he was going to get out of DTR, but also perhaps underestimated Cincinnati. Because otherwise it just doesn't make sense. I don't necessarily buy that he's just going into a game not wanting to win um but it makes more sense that maybe he didn't take the opponent and the matchup necessarily as seriously thinking that he could get by on maybe a limited or a different playbook than what used last year
1: so the the puzzling thing about that for me was that we had the left side of the o-line was two kind of brand new or untested guys and i i wasn't really sure what he was going to do to work around that Uh, and it doesn't seem like he changed his play calling to protect or account for that. He just, he seems like Joe Kelly had a next man up philosophy with those O-line guys. He was just going to run what he wanted to run. Uh, whereas uh, maybe a, a more conventional OC might, might try to work around that.
0: Yeah. And that's true. And, but the, the, the irony of the whole thing is that I thought the left side actually played a little bit better than the right. Uh, Chris Murray, uh, had a, a wolf game, um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it is interesting. And, you know, you hear coaches say that stuff, but you always think it's just coach speak, right? The next man up, uh, it doesn't matter who's playing, you know, we're just going to do what we do. And I've always just been like, oh, yeah, that's BS, but it's the BS you expect from a coach. But, yeah, it doesn't seem like he changes a whole lot based on, you know, what personnel is out there, what personnel is doing, whatever. And that seems – now maybe I'm, I'm looking at the Oregon years and with – semi-rose-colored glasses, but that seems different from how it was at Oregon, because um, I remember him calling specific plays for specific players in specific situations, you know, depending on which running back was out there, if it was DeAnthony Thomas or whoever. Um, so it, it is interesting that, that that maybe has shifted a little bit.
1: It, it, so yeah, we've got this big debate about should Chip just be running the blur, and I, I think the the thing people are missing is the the core of the blur is still in there it's just really in the pace of it and and the 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 core of the the wide plays a little bit different as opposed to outside zone as opposed to gap plays but um the one thing i was hoping that or i guess there were really two things i was hoping we'd see more of that were more blurry um that would be uh getting the splitting the running backs out wide and uh Bringing them um, either for screens or for um, sweeps across. Um, and the other thing was just screen passing in general was really good at getting uh, defenses going sideways and really concerned about getting up, and that's what would uh, make them susceptible to the deeper passing because they were so worried about screen passing. Um, and you know, I've said this a bunch in writing; it's so obvious to me. And and uh, that you know, for DTR struggling with decisions and has a has an arm with no touch, <laughs> why wouldn't you do screen plays? But yeah, it hasn't been an emphasis. Well, what was the best throw he had that entire game? It was
0: that little bubble off to the left to um, Dulcich. I mean, that was yeah. the one that was the most on the money in the entire game.
1: Yeah, I don't know why you wouldn't do more of that. It, it, it's uh it's it's frustrating. But but I know that I don't know what I'm talking about. So maybe maybe <laughs> Chip's got a better reason. Look, you, you you've got a better handle than we do. Um,
0: no, and you know I look at it. I for me the blur the way, so I, I'm. The tactics and the um, the specific schematics of individual plays, I, I think that was all secondary to the macro philosophy, um, which was we're going to go fast, and it's going to be simple. Um, it's like any tempo offense, except I think what was unique about what Chip was doing was it was so run-heavy. So, so run-heavy. Um, and I, for me, I just... I, I I I can understand thinking that you're going to have to adjust away from that. It just seems I mean, maybe this is the thing to ask is what what do you think this offense is a response to? Um is this a realistic response to changes in defense at the college level um where they've essentially neutralized the blur or is this something different? Does this look like any, you know, of the top
1: offenses you see in college football? So so I think uh, this is something I've been working on this week in my mind. I I think he's I think Chip Kelly's trying to be this is like the second innovator's curse or you, you can't it's, you can a first innovation can happen and then that second innovation's hard. Yeah. Uh, and he's he, he, there's this pendulum swing that goes back and forth and I think we're in this swing where defenses see spread every week. And so they're used to playing really wide out. They're used to staying in nickel almost or dime almost all the time. And I think the idea in chipset is, well, if we go two and three tight ends most of the time, uh, then we're making uh, nickel backs and cover linebackers responsible for run gaps. And and they're not used to being so responsible for that. And I think, I think it's just trying to stay ahead of that, that pendulum swing from the spread to something more, more compact again. Yeah. And it's, yeah,
0: it's it's interesting. Um yeah, the the idea that football is very cyclical and you can kind of get ahead of the game by reverting to essentially something that was, you know, that more compact style. I I guess what I'm struggling with is I watch Oklahoma State and I watch ugh, whoever, I watch Hawaii or whatever. Uh, the 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 or Oklahoma look, for that matter. Oklahoma for that matter. I mean, if we're just talking about just generic Uh, offenses. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it it still seems like simple spread tempo are still the main things that are working the best in college football. Um, and I mean, what Scott Frost was able to do at UCF it, you know, there was a lot of talk in the preseason. that That was the evolution of the blur and it, or in the preseason last year that Scott Frost and what he did at UCF was the evolution of the blur. And it wasn't quite as high tempo. And it was a little bit more pass heavy, but the the basics of the tempo and and relative simplicity were still there. Um, it just doesn't seem like it was necessarily time for a new revolution. I mean, obviously you can't time a revolution, but um, I, I guess I guess the thing I'm going to struggle with till the end of time is why isn't he running just Blur two point
1: I have the same uh, same exact thoughts. I, it, it, what's interesting against Cincinnati, there were. What was it? Ten times they ran ten personnel, which would be uh, you know one running back, no tight ends, four wide receivers, and uh, they they did that almost explicitly just to get everybody spread out and then run inside zone. So there's he's still he's those building blocks are all still in there, but you're right, it's the overall just go fast and keep it simple thing that that's that's not going on. So when and, and you, yeah, go ahead. The, the other thing is, uh, the the those spread offenses are really focused on. Um, running small changes where the offensive line is basically doing the same thing over and over but it's it's not window dressing in terms of shifts but it's the running the skill players are doing slightly different things while the line's basically just executing the same thing over and over um within you know three or four different concepts and that that also isn't what ucla is doing this year either no
0: they're doing a lot of different stuff and and yeah, if you look at a lot of those spreads, especially with the RPO game so heavily, I mean, a lot of the times they're blocking the same whether it's run or pass because you know they don't even know going into the play whether it's going to be a run or pass, um, and it's just yeah, it's it's they're doing something complex and and I guess this is uh, maybe the the follow up. Do you think? um Given the complexity of what they're trying to do, the the many different things that they're trying to be good at, do you think we're in for something like this at the beginning of the year, most years, where it's just going to be a... Even when they're trying to do the same thing, where it's just going to be a little bit of rust? Um, Or, I don't know. I I guess this gets into like predicting what Chip Kelly's going to do, but um, this experimentation seems like it would necessitate um rust at the college level where it's just you know
1: hard to hard to practice so many things and get good at all of them yeah, yeah i mean this is the mostly returning offense this year so you'd think it would have made sense to just kind of sp- build continue that momentum uh in terms of what they were doing um it, it's uh it it's it's gonna depend on i think so if you, if you believe that theory that um or that rumor that uh, they de-emphasized the non-conference because they knew they weren't contending for uh, an elite bowl or, or a playoff spot. They were focused on the the South, and I guess that would, if if that's true, then it would really depend on that outlook, what to expect going into a new season. If they're if they're predicted to be uh, in contention, you know, then they might take the non-conference a little more seriously next year. I, I don't know. That's a good question.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think there's a lot of unknown still at this point. All right, so let's look ahead. Um, So Cincinnati's in the books. I I think there's still, you know, room for argument whether that was mostly DTR or whether it was mostly him having to run a lot of unfamiliar plays after what worked last year. So San Diego State, um, I, I could probably pick a worse matchup for a struggling quarterback, but there's not many that are worse. Um... What are you? What are you thinking? Um, you know, based on last year, or based on just what you what your senses from that game? What are you thinking? UCLA is
1: going to try to do in this game? So, I, I actually I tweeted out an article from 2017 this uh, just today about the um, that Rocky Long defense with a it's a three three five where they run three safeties um, and so it's a really kind of a gimmick defense, but it's it's uh, it's pretty effective at controlling. Um, the, the the interior runs apparently um and so they have uh they have a, a there you pointed this out in your article that the the, the two main safeties are called boundary and field safeties. so they always line up the same um side relative to where the ball spotted this is something i've actually been paying a lot more attention to this year um like 75 percent of college football plays are on the hash so they're they've got a, a wide side and a short side um be, because the hashes are so um much more uh uh Uh, more narrow than the the NFL game, or wider than the NFL game, I should say. And uh, so it's interesting that they're going to have those safeties lined up um, the same way relative to the formation every play. And that's actually something Chip Kelly is pretty good at manipulating, um, that when he he can get through the formation and the shifting, get the defense to line up a certain way, and then either through the the sideline checks or through a pre-planned shift, you know, get the defense... In a, in a look that's at disadvantageous to them um so that's one way that they're gonna have to do stuff um if they're gonna have that third safety kind of in the middle looking to be more of a run support safety um i'm gonna go right back to it the wide runs and the screens the quick screen game sure. um, should be a way to mitigate that yeah and also to get your quarterback a little bit more comfortable um when
0: you were watching DTR last year was 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 Cincinnati the worst you've seen him or was there one la- or I mean I know his QBR in several games last year was similar but was there one in particular that kind of seemed similar or was that about the worst you've seen him?
1: Oh, that was definitely the worst. Um the the overall offense was was Clearly, just in terms of like, I look at everything in terms of success rate and yards per play, in, in mostly, and, and it was rock bottom compared to last year. Um, it would have been the worst one if it was in last year's set. Um, and the other thing I think we've all pointed out that he's really struggled with was the the handoff option reads. He he looked really hesitant. Um, it, it, last year, the the directive was very very clearly handoff unless it's super advantageous to. to to have the quarterback run the ball and this is something spate was especially good at that he would he would be really good if they just needed one yard and it was a really favorable look he could he could grab the ball and fall forward two yards for a first down or a touchdown and it seems like dtr's overthinking that decision because he's been telling everybody in the in the media scrums "Well, we're going to use them you're going to use the quarterback legs more this year i think he's got some i think he's feeling some pressure to 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 help that run game with his own legs and he's he's it seems to be a more complex decision he's trying to decide instead of just hand the ball off unless it looks really, really good.
0: Yeah, I mean, and that was probably the thing that stood out to me the most, just watching that game live, was um, because I was just watching him, even like when he was just walking around the huddle and doing different things, he just looked so nervous, like just so up in his own head, and I, I think you're dead right, I think overthinking probably everything he was doing out there, and so you hope, right, that That was nerves, you know, game one nerves playing on the road, whatever, and that it'll all kind of settle down for him because I I know there's some revisionist (laughs) elements on the board who want to say that he never had a good game in his life before, but there were like two or three games last year where he was legitimately fine to good Um, and you got to think he's going to be able to find that at some point again this year,
1: right? Yeah, and all the calls to to just switch to the backup because the unknown must be better than this thing we're seeing on the field. I, there's a, there's a reason he's the starter. Um, I we gotta trust the coach on that one. Uh, although everybody seems pretty pretty ready to 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 see Burton give it a shot.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean I I would get it if I think if you get into. I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have killed him for for going to him for a series in the uh, Cincy game just because it was obvious how nervous uh, Thompson Robinson was. I think the the thing is if he does that same thing against San Diego State, like if he comes out you know in the first couple of quarters and looks just just as tight. I, I mean I, I think they're going to have to because you could make a case. I mean obviously there were some breaks that didn't go Cincinnati's way, but you could make a case, a pretty easy one, that if. You know, replacement quarterback A is playing that game instead of Dorian Thompson-Robinson, UCLA wins its opener. In ugly fashion, for sure, and probably leaves a lot of people dissatisfied with the game, but there, there was a winnable game out there if they're not, you know, fumbling twice within the, whatever it was, the 30-yard line.
1: Yeah, hopefully that, that threat of a quick hook, which I think is legitimate, doesn't, doesn't make him lock up even more. That beat, <laughs> right, I mean, that's... Little, that's, that's little a little death spiral right there.
0: Yeah, that's a tough thing when you're dealing with a nervous quarterback, is what is the action that will actually benefit you the most? Is it, um, you know, making sure that he is calm, cool, and collected by playing him, or by benching him for a series? That is uh, yeah. a job that's, not for us. That's a job for the multimillionaire
1: um go ahead yeah that's I I, I I say that all the time it's like I, it's so obvious to me if they would just do this it would go better well he he makes a lot more than I do to do that stuff
0: yeah no it's it's I, I kind of joked about that on Twitter it's like you know chip Kelly he should really call more of the plays that work instead of the ones that don't work I think that would be really really beneficial to him um, <laughs> because that's that's really the fan narrative at all times which is just Hey, could you do more of the thing that you're you're not doing and less of the thing that you're currently doing? Because that's not working too well. Um, so, all right. So San Diego State, um, we're both looking to see more kind of quick screen passing to the edge, um, getting Dorian Thompson Robinson comfortable. I want to talk about the defense a little bit because um, so much focus on the offense. I think, you know, loses a little bit of the positive of the defense, but also a little bit of the negative. Um. Because I think a lot of people were like, "Well, the the defense was so much better than the offense, so it's all rosy on that side of the ball." And first, let's start with the run defense. Um, what did you see there um, from from UCLA in game one that made it you know look significantly better than the run
1: defense last year? You might have to carry the defensive conversation. I I, uh, I think definitely the. Uh, the run defense looked really good, especially in the first half. Um, but I'm kind of uh, ball watching on defense because I'm I'm so focused on trying to get the offense logged.
0: Yeah, for sure. No, and that makes sense. I think for me, the 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 defensive performance was basically really good defensive line play at plugging. Um, really good when the linebackers could get north south and just attack the line of scrimmage and basically less good whenever it went to the edge, um, which meant either passes outside or, you know, runs and screens to the middle distance around the hashes. Um, Just because anything that got those linebackers in space, I mean, all 255 pounds of La Kenny trying to rumble around and covering a, you know, 200-pound running back, that's not going to be great probably for UCLA. Um, And my concern probably with the defense is – I don't know. See, I think the offensive issues are fixable because we saw them last year. Um, we saw the offense get fixed, uh, by midway through the year to the point where, again, we were all feeling rosy about this year simply because the offense had looked so good at the end of last year. Um, I, I, we didn't see the defense get fixed last year. And I, again, am struck by some of these issues look like they are personnel problems. Um, I, I don't know how you scheme around slow inside linebackers aside from maybe playing a true freshman Carl Jones who's undersized and inexperienced, um, or how you get around the complete lack of pass rush. Um I, I think they sort of have to embrace that, but I don't I don't even know if they've got the bodies to embrace it in a
1: really good way, the way Washington did. So were they just missing Darnay Holmes on defense in terms of the phantom injuries or the dinged-up guys?
0: I'd believe that if they weren't, you know, kind of weak on third down last year, too. Um, but I, I think that was part of it, and I think they maybe went a little bit conservative on the outside because of it. Um, you know, maybe that influenced the way they coached the game. Um, but I don't know if that would have changed anything. I mean, they were still asked to cover a long time because they were getting to Ritter so little. Um, and and I just... I, For me, the biggest, the biggest miss on the defense right now is... I guess Keyshawn loose yourself among players who were available, but really it's um, five-star Jalen Phillips as an actual person on the team. Um, not having somebody who is a true threat to, you know, sack the quarterback 10 times a year and also pressure him another 10. Um, not having that guy who's just always in the back of the quarterback's mind. I think it just, it makes your defense it just makes it very, very hard to run a very good defense. I think you can have an average defense um, if you tackle really, really well. And, hey, let's let's throw another positive out there. UCLA did a lot of really good open field tackling, a lot of one-on-ones where they just won the tackle um, and looked good doing it. Um, and that was at all levels. I thought the linebackers tackled well, but I thought the secondary tackled really well too. Um, and if that's the case this year, the defense will be better, even if it is the exact same schematically. And even if they don't get any pass rush, if
1: they just simply tackle well, um, it's going to be a whole lot better. It's like we're on this uh, really frustrating carousel where uh, for a while the tackling's really bad. And then you have the horrific special teams game against Oregon, and then uh, it's dropped passes one week. And so, okay, well now the, now the tackling's good, but then there's other things going wrong.
0: Yeah, it's the, it's the flavor of the week, but like a really bad flavor. Like, um, like poo flavored ice cream. Like that's what it is instead of the, uh, instead of the good flavors of the week on offense. It's, it's got to come together sooner or later. You got to figure, um, well, I've been watching UCLA football now for like the better part of 20 years. Um, and it's actually never been the case where they've had a really good offense and a really good defense in the same year, let alone all the micro issues all being good. So maybe it's just been a bad couple of decades. Maybe, you know, they're due, right? I mean, historically, they're very due. To we just be good. need we just need enough trials to get there. We'll, <laughs> the odds will it'll correct. It'll correct. Yeah. No, we are the uh, we are the job. We are we are very much the job. Um, okay, so all right. So going forward, um, you know, UCLA has San Diego State. Then it's Oklahoma, and then it's into conference play. Obviously, not an easy slate to start the season. Um, what I mean, obviously, last year is a different ball game. Um, are you expecting kind of similar experimentation going forward? Are you expecting
1: streamlined going forward? What What would be your instinct at this moment? So, I, I think it's safe to say that there's going to be a flavor of the week going on most weeks. Uh, whether it be a certain uh, the, the, the thing the thing they do mostly that's a flavor of the week is like a gap uh, run play where different people are pulling in different directions. Um, uh, and then there's also been um, emphases for a, a certain personnel group every week. Uh, so I think we'll see that continue, that, they're not, that maybe they're never going to put the whole kitchen sink together in, in one game week, and they're just going to have um, different flavors tailored to the defenses they're facing. Yeah, I mean, that's that seems right.
0: That seems right. All right, what's your uh, what's your score prediction for this weekend?
1: uh so uh going off of uh bill Connolly's 18 to 18 projected tie <laughs> which is just the best football score ever if that was to be was to come to be um i, I think i think they'll be i think Ucla will be fine it'll be something like uh 24 to, to 17 Ucla
0: yeah that seems right i i've got him I think 21 to 16 because I think it's going to be such a weird defensive game that it'll be a really funny score. Um, uh, 18-18 to 18 would be beautiful. Like, if they could somehow rise to an 18-18 tie at the end of regulation, that would be really cool. I would take that in a heartbeat.
1: Now I'm going to go have to think about all the different ways you could get to 18.
0: <laughs> two ways, too. Like, getting to 18 one way is enough, yeah. but getting it, getting it two ways to the point where, like, at some point, if you arrive at a tie at the end of the game, it means one of the two was trying to get to that number, right? So they're starting at what? 15 or 11 like how do you even get there what or happened? six? yeah
1: well if they're like 16 and somehow safety happens it'd be yeah. so bizarre
0: like what happened in your life to bring you to that point where you have 11 points in a football game uh <laughs> yeah no the best one i saw in, in Connolly's uh preview one was the uh wazoo score i think which was i think 64 to 4 oh my gosh four would be really sweet because what is that that's i mean at 66 maybe it's a couple of returned extra points who knows it's beautiful
1: yeah there's a lot of interesting uh games this week we, we all you know we all want to keep an eye on how cincinnati does against ohio state to help for judge, sure. or, judge, judge ucla um and then there's a big uh texas lsu game should be good um and then we all want to watch oklahoma pace somebody and see what they're doing for next week
0: yeah, there's a lot to watch. Um, what a, what a, so are those the games you're going to
1: be watching? Are you going to watch any other Pac-12 games? I think mostly those three. And then, and then Stanford versus USC, that's the backup quarterback bowl. That'll be something. That, that's a great way to put it. That will really be something. Who knows?
0: But it will be something. Um, I, so what's your take on Stanford this year? Because I think they're going to be bad, and they just haven't shown it yet.
1: i i I don't know enough about them i they're they're ranked right aren't they just barely in the top 25
0: yeah but that doesn't make sense yeah that's all that doesn't make sense to me
1: Yeah. yeah no i mean
0: with i mean when you return like basically now it's essentially two starters on offense that's you know that doesn't smack of a ranked team to me unless you're alabama so all right well i've got nothing else you got anything else Nope, I'm good. All right, Chris. Well, thanks for coming on. Great talking to you. And uh, read all of Chris's stuff. They're great breakdowns of everything you didn't see in the game. Um, Really in-depth stuff. And uh, he'll have more and more throughout the season as Chip Kelly unveils the entire toolbox. So uh, check in often. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. All
1: right. Thanks a bunch.